0: is Christian Questions.
1: Charles Schwab once said, I have yet to find the man, however exalted in his station, who did not do better work and put forth a greater effort under a spirit of approval than under a spirit of criticism. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Christian Questions. Talk radio with a purpose with Jonathan and Rick This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience, and we promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look
2: at them from a different perspective. And Rick, that perspective is based on godly principles, family values, honest dialogue, all in a politically free zone. Jonathan, the best part is this. We talk and you listen, and then you talk and we listen. You can also contact us at our
1: website, christianquestions.net. I'm Rick. And I'm Jonathan. And we're glad you've chosen to spend some time with us. And Jonathan, what is our subject on this fine Sunday morning? Well, Rick, our question is, what rights and privacy
2: should children have? And our theme text is found in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24. He who withholds his rod hates
1: his son, but he who loves him disciplines him diligently. So, what rights and privacy should children have? And you've heard the saying, well, children are people too. Yes, they are. But what does that mean? What does it really mean in terms of raising them? After all, they are children, and the object is for them to become adults. Last time I checked, anyway, that is the (laughs) object, okay? Real, full-fledged, mature, contributory adults. Now, as a parent, is it our responsibility to walk them to that destination, or do they instinctively know how to get there on their own? Could it be that parents are just in the way? What does the Bible say? Is the Bible even right for our generation, folks? Stay with us this morning. This is a very interesting subject. Yes, it is, Rick. Because you know, this is a subject that that that's very similar to politics. In that we don't do politics. No, we don't. But we do child rearing. Yes, <laughs> it, it's it's similar because people have their own take on it, mm-hmm. and. There are such a wide variety of, of ways to raise children. You, you look at it and say, well, where do you find the right way? Is there a single right way? And uh, so we're going to be looking at that and specifically rights and privacy uh, of children. How does that work? How should that work? So, folks, I'm sure you have thoughts on that. So I'm going to give you the phone number right off the bat. So if you have a thought on what rights and privacy should children have, let us know your thoughts. 866-985-4255. Toll free 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.net. Okay, Jonathan, let's get started. We're going to get started with a bang this morning. All right. What is a child's responsibility to their parents? Let's go to a sound bite. From Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. Movie, <laughs> I remember that a movie. movie made way back in 1971. This is Little Veronica Veruca. I'm sorry. Veruca Salt. Uh, now the whole gist of, the, of this, the, the, the movie is there's these golden tickets. In, in the candy bars. In the candy bar. Right. Her father runs this, this I think, this peanut shucking um, factory mm-hmm. where he's got all these people you know, working. And he stopped work. Everybody's not working anymore and now they're all unwrapping candy bars for the daughter. For the daughter to find one of the 5 golden tickets. So let's listen to how she's doing with all of this.
3: I want you to be
4: Ticket, Daddy. I know, Angel. We're doing the best we can. I've got every girl on the bleeding staff hunting for you.
5: All right. Where is it? Why haven't they found it?
4: Veruca, sweetheart. I'm not a magician. Give me time. I want it now. What's the matter with those twops down there? For
1: five days now, the entire flipping factory's been on the job. They haven't shelled a peanut in there since Monday. They've been shelling flaming chocolate bars from dawn to dusk. Make them work, night. so there you have sweet little veruca salt (laughs) she's a little bit bent out of shape because somebody already found the first ticket Uh oh so she's not happy right because she wanted the first one and daddy you promenade make him work nights (laughs) so there you have the classic picture of the spoiled child now that's certainly over the top uh, Mm -hmm. or maybe is it i don't know (laughs) I, i you know sometimes sometimes you just wonder So, what is a child's responsibility to their parents? And with that in mind, let's just go to a scripture, then we're going to go to sort of a a different look at it all. The answer to the question, I think, is really simple. What's a child's responsibility to their parents? Well, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 to 3, gives us a good sense of that. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. And that's it. You've listened to Christian questions.
2: (laughs) And we're through. (laughs) (laughs) It continues, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, so that it
1: may be well with you, and that you may live long on the earth. So now that is obviously being quoted from Exodus, from Exodus chapter 20. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's interesting because the, the apostle in writing that, he's saying, children, obey your parents and the Lord, this is right. And then he quotes the commandment. And he said it's the first commandment with promise.
2: Yeah, the promise to have a long life. Right. Based on respecting your parents.
1: And when you read the Ten Commandments as they're written in Exodus chapter 20, and it says at the beginning of the chapter, these are the words of God, mm-hmm. this is the only commandment with a promise, with something else attached to it other than the command itself. Very good. So it's something that is very, very important right from the beginning in terms of even looking at it uh, in the context of the, the original Ten Commandments. So obey your parents. Honor your father and mother. So there's the obedience factor and the honoring factor. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going we're to develop both of those as we go through uh, uh, the program. And again, folks, if you have a thought, we're talking about raising children, the importance of understanding what your role is and what their role is. And if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on... Right now. And
2: the conversation continues online at christianquestions.net. Contact us there with your questions or comments. Also, interact with us on our Facebook and our always updated blog. So,
1: christianquestions.net. Jonathan, just a couple more weeks and we unveil the brand new website. Wow. It is how exciting, unbelievable. It is so well put together and so well thought out and it just... You're going to love it, folks. And the labor love of
2: love from all those volunteers. All
1: those volunteers have put in I don't know how many hours. All I know is they they send me these these uh, the, the link to say, take a look, Rick. Tell us what you think. I don't do anything. <laughs> it's um, awesome. It's amazing. It's amazing that these folks work so hard. We're just so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. So let's get back to this here. We heard Veruca soft. A little bit of complaining in her voice, would you say? <laughs> About a lot. <laughs> a, a, a little bit of maybe spoiled brat in her voice, would you say? Uh, maybe a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, now let's go to the other side of the issue. Let's listen to somebody who I think pretty much everybody respects. No matter who you are, everybody respects Bill Cosby. Yes. And he was giving a, a speech uh, at a university in uh, 2004 on parenting. So we're going to sort of throughout the the first hour refer to some of the things that he said but this he's asking one of the most important questions whatever happened to parenting let's listen
6: ladies and gentlemen whatever happened to parenting you have thank you whatever happened to I am your mother and I know better for you I am your father, and I know better for you, and I love you. Whatever happened to responsibility placed on these children, we cannot raise a child on love bought. I want, I'm afraid not to give it to her, because she may not like me. That's not parenting. That's called Junior Chamber of Commerce Award.
1: <laughs> uh, he has such a way of, of of expressing things, but he makes some very, very, very important points. Whatever happened to "I am your mother" or "I am your father"? I know best because I love you, right? I know best for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever happened to placing responsibility? on children. Whatever happened to those things because when you go back a few generations that's what you saw. Yes. So again, you've got the veruca salt from Willy Wonka's chocolate factory, one, one extreme. And then you've got the question, well look, whatever happened to I know what's best for you because I am your now, when, when sometimes when people see that they get a little bit frustrated with it because it seems like well you're you're taking away that child's responsible or not responsibility but that child's rights, you know how can you say you know best for them? Do you live in their mind? Well, excuse me. Uh, well, their adolescence. But <laughs> that's true. That's true. Honor is seen, and, and remember we talked about in in the first scripture of Ephesians. Uh, honoring your parents. Honor is seen in loving what that parent has to offer you. Let's look at a, a, a few scriptures here.
2: Proverbs 12.1, whoso loveth instruction, loveth knowledge, but he that hateth
1: reproof is brutish. Okay, L- who loves instruction, loves knowledge. Hon- honor is also seen in truly, truly listening. A couple of more Proverbs. A wise son heareth his
2: father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. And a fool despiseth his father's instruction, but he that regardeth reproof is prudent.
1: So you have this sense of putting people on either side of uh, of an issue.
2: Yeah, which list would you rather <laughs> be on, Rick? Uh, loveth instruction, being wise and prudent, or being uh, brutish, a scorner, a fool?
1: <laughs> well, I don't think I want to be brutish or a scorner or a fool, so I'll take the other list. Thank you. Yes. And it comes down to a, a a a mindset. It comes down to a mindset on the part of a child to honor and respect. Now, generally in our world, we don't teach our children that anymore. Mm-hmm. We don't teach them to honor and respect their parents. I want to go to another quick soundbite here from Allison Paulson. She's a psychologist. She was talking about authoritarian versus permissive parenting, and in both cases, there are positives. And in both cases, there are negatives. So, this first soundbite is about authoritarian parents, the good parts, and some of the dangers.
7: Authoritarian parents want their children to be successful, responsible, independent, and capable. Excessive authoritarianism, though, can be harmful in the following five ways the excessively strict parent doesn't really enjoy the child, doesn't hang out with the child. And there's little appreciation for feelings or imagination or creativity. When you have an overly strict parent, you develop a very harsh inner critic. And it makes it hard for you to relax and enjoy life. Even though the child of an authoritarian parent might be obedient, he or she could become a target for future authoritarians, you know, kind of bully wives, bully husbands. And actually those obedient children sometimes become sneaky and secretive because they're so fearful of the parent.
1: So she gives the good side. You know, you, an authoritarian parent wants their child to be successful and independent and responsible and capable. But there's a lot of difficulties if you go overboard with the author- authoritarian approach. Mm-hmm. Okay, and in the next uh, segment, Jonathan, we're going to have to talk about what kind of parent you think you are, and I'm going to tell you what kind of parent I think I am. Okay. And then maybe we should have our kids tell us what kind of parents <laughs> they think we are. <laughs> but one quick more scripture here, Proverbs 4, 1 through 6, before we end this segment.
2: Hear ye children the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. See, that's honor. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law, for I was my son, father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also, and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve
1: thee, love her, and she shall keep thee. So it gives you a sense of a child being exhorted to listen to the instruction of their father uh, and to uh, have a sense of of the caring of, of their mother. And and. Again, this is a mindset that a child is is supposed to have to honor their parents. Now, here's the problem, Jonathan. That mindset isn't going to necessarily naturally come into play and just naturally grow up and blossom all by itself.
3: Right. right. It's
1: going to blossom when we teach the child that honor and respect and obedience are requirements. And you say, well, can you require a child to give you honor? That's an important question. (laughs) And I think the answer is yes. And I think the answer is you must require a child to give you honor. So that gives us a start on looking at parenting from the standpoint of a child and what's important in a child's life, honor and respect of their parents.
2: This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, what rights and privacy should children have? With most parents both working and focusing on their careers, how much time do you have to devote to your children? Is that important? That's next.
0: You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back.
2: This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, what rights and privacy should children have? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866 985 4 all. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means
1: we're on right now on our website, ChristianQuestions.net. And in the last segment, we were talking about a child's responsibility to their parents. And, and the list is a little bit short, but it's pretty simple. Honor, uh, honor, and, and uh, obey. Tho- mm-hmm. those are, honor is seen in loving what's offered. It's seen in truly listening. And honor is seen in applying what, you've, uh, what you're taught. So yes. now when we look at the role of a parent, it's a little bit different. Yes, it is. The list is longer and much more (laughs) comprehensive. And as we get into this, first of all, Jonathan, would you say you are more of an authoritarian or more of a permissive type of a parent?
2: Well, I was thinking about that at the break, and I I was thinking that at the very beginning, uh, raising my son, I was probably more authoritarian um, to get his attention to make sure he would listen and obey and follow our rules. But as time went on, because he did that, I backed off and became more permissive, seeing his respect for us.
1: So you took that uh, authoritarian basis, and then you adjusted it as, sort yes. of, as, as you saw the need. Yes, and that's
2: not to say that if I see another need, I will be more <laughs> go back to authoritarian based okay. on something, but. Uh,
1: and, how, about, and, how about you? And I think very much the same way. Although I probably uh, held on to the authoritarian sense of it a little harder than you did. Well, you had three kids, and yeah. I only have one. Yeah, and, and and you know, some of my kids were not easy to raise. So, so there was definitely a, a, a let's say, a clashing of the wills upon occasion. <laughs> sometimes upon a daily occasion, Uh-oh. if you will. <laughs> but as a matter of fact, in the second hour, Jonathan, I asked all three of my kids, who are now grown responsible adults all on their own and I wanted to ask them now that they are out of the house and completely self-supporting uh, what they think a child's responsibility is to their parent and what they think a parent's responsibility is to the child.
2: Oh how neat.
1: Yeah so I've got the, their email responses that we're going to uh, read to you in the in the second hour. And also
2: uh, CQ Rewind is also going to have part of that commentary right, on it right.
1: that's, uh, to check out that's that's it. It, so they, I'll only read part but their, their whole email will be uh, in CQ Rewind the full edition the bonus material so, and that's a free uh, uh, offering from Christian Questions it's available at ChristianQuestions.net you sign up for it it's a PDF file it gets emailed to you and it gives you the text of the program it gives you graphics and illustrations the scriptures and it, and it, it makes the program easy to understand because you can see it and hear it yes so, ChristianQuestions.net, CQ Rewind. The full edition, sign, sign up. up. You yeah. will be glad you did. No obligation and no cost. So, what is a parent's responsibility to their child, folks? If you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866 985 all Again, we're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. Parents' responsibility to their child. First of all, it's to provide for them.
2: Here for this third time. I am ready to come to you and will not be a burden to you, for I did not seek what is yours, but you for children are not responsible to save up for their parents,
1: but parents for their children. So the Apostle Paul was looking at the Corinthian church. And he's like a, a father right, to them. And he's saying, I'm coming because I am preparing a future for you. I am providing for right, you. I am I am doing what I need to do to help you grow up. Christ mm-hmm. and that principle obviously applies it, it came from the actual raising of children absolutely so providing is the first thing let's go back to uh, Alison Paulson the psychologist talking about authoritarian versus permissive parents and uh, in the last segment we talked about authoritarian parents yes. the, the positives and the negatives mm-hmm. here she's going to talk about permissive parenting the positives and then start with the negatives we'll, we'll pick up the, the rest of them in, in later on in this segment
7: Permissive parents want their children to be happy, to be creative, to feel loved, and to really enjoy the moment. But when permissive parents become excessively permissive, they're not doing their children any favors. So here are the four harmful things that can happen with too much permissive parenting. So Sometimes fear of conflict leads a parent to overindulge a child. And what happens is that the child then learns to be demanding and whining and to be loud. A child of an overly permissive parent doesn't learn self-discipline and doesn't learn to postpone gratification.
1: Sounds like Veruca Salt from the first segment, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. She learns to be loud, doesn't learn self-discipline, doesn't understand, uh, you know, uh, putting off instant gratification. Yes. So again there's there's some there's some good parts to that permissiveness, but we just like with an authoritarian approach, if you take it too far, you're running into trouble
2: and Rick, we tend to do what our parents did for us for the most part for the good or the bad that's true um that's not good
1: and and you, what we have to do is look at that and say okay is there is there a better way or mm-hmm. or what do i what did I learn from that and and what did, do I see as potentially difficult for me or damaging for me. Good point. And, and then you make adjustments. And, and I know there's lots of stories of people who have changed the pattern. So oftentimes, for instance, abusive parents uh, beget children who grow up to become abusers. Mm-hmm. And you think, well, how could that possibly be? Wouldn't they know better? But there's something that, that clicks over in their heads, and you know, they follow this pattern just like you're saying. Yes. So we have to be careful. So it really comes down to really paying attention. Really paying attention. Let's go again, I, and we got a lot of soundbites this morning because they're very, very helpful in, in, yes, in putting are. this all together. So first, first of all, it's a, a parent's responsibility to provide for the children. The scripture you just read said it's a parent's responsibility to discipline their children Mm -hmm. alright and that's one of the things that gets lost in our world the discipline factor let's go back to Bill Cosby talking about parenting and he uses a very very interesting uh, analogy to describe children
6: these children happen to be homeless people they don't own a home they don't have a job closest thing they have are chores and they don't do them (laughs) who are these people running these kids and all you keep talking about is in my day you know in my day my father would have thrown me well what's wrong with you
1: (laughs) <laughs> so uh, he, he said something interesting though. he says these these children are are homeless people they don't have a job, they don't own a home uh, they so they need something they need responsibility they need to be shown the way mm-hmm. and I think that there's something profound in that in realizing that a child needs to be shown the way they need to be given uh things to do and ways to contribute responsibility they need to be able to understand the world around them because you are teaching them the world around them. The world around them is not there just to be discovered. It's to be walked through. I mean, that, at least that's the way Good the way I see it. Again, folks, if you have a thought, it's eight six six nine eight five four two five five. Toll free, eight six six nine eight five four. all We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And stay connected to Rick and I at ChristianQuestions.net no matter the day or time. All right. So, a, a, a parent's responsibility is to provide is to discipline and now to teach. Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And that's interesting because it says if you train a child up in the way he should go, it doesn't say he'll never depart from it along the way. Oh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but it does say when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Yes. And I can testify to the fact that that is absolutely true mm-hmm. because especially with uh, two, two out of the three of my kids uh, definitely were a handful and a half and <laughs> <in> three-quarters <laughs> in some cases. and But when they grew up, you saw that big, big turn in the way they approach life. And again, in the second hour, I'm going to read you uh, some emails. I, I asked them specifically about this, and you're going to hear their responses now as full-grown, mature, contributory, independent, I might add, nice. <laughs> adults. And, uh, you know, no, they don't live at home, and no, they're not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <great. laughs> That's right. <laughs> you heard it here first. Of course, they heard it a long time ago. <laughs> so anyway, provide, discipline, and teach. Those are some of the things that a parent is responsible to give to their child. What else? Be wise in your approach. So it's not just sort of shooting from the hip. No. It's, it's applying wisdom.
2: Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up
1: in the discipline
2: and instruction of the Lord.
1: So, see, that's a great scripture, because if you read just the first part, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Yeah, don't get them mad. Right, 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 right. Don't do anything to get them upset. You know, you don't want to ruffle their little little tiny feathers. (laughs) And you can look at that and say, well, you take the, 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 the... the salt approach, you know, Veruca Salt's father's approach. Oh, dear, give me a break. I'm trying so hard. <laughs> and and it, it puts it backwards. But you have to finish the scripture. That's right. Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the in Lord. Discipline and instruction. And where do you get that discipline and instruction? From the scriptures, from the Bible, from God. And I, that gives us such a sense of direction in terms of, okay, you're not trying to get them angry, but you are trying to teach them. Yes. So it do, it's not saying don't ruffle their feathers. It is saying work with them. Move them forward. Show them the way. Just like you were saying before, kids tend to do what their parents do. Yes. Show them the way. And you know what happens? Begrudgingly, oftentimes they follow after you turn your back. Good point. Because a lot of times teenagers don't want you to see that they're That's following. That's right. That's right. And so you have to learn to walk away and let them sort of come to that conclusion on their own. Mm-hmm. Alright, let's go to, back to Allison Paulson one more time about permissive parenting. She listed a couple of pitfalls of permissive parenting. First of all, the, the good part was, you know, permissive parents want their children to be happy and creative and be, feel loved and to enjoy the moment. Sure. But there's difficulties. Overindulging a child uh, due to a fear of parental conflict. Uh, child, children don't learn self-discipline. Here's a couple of other things about uh, the pitfalls of permissive parenting.
7: Number three, the child will feel anxious and insecure. If the parent is always there taking care of the child, letting the child do whatever he or she wants, then the child doesn't feel that sense of self-empowerment that enables you to go out in the real world where you don't know what will happen and have some sort of confidence that you'll come out at the other end. The child loses respect for the parent. If the parent is overly indulging the child, always trying to make the child happy and comfortable, then the message is sent that the parent feels very uncomfortable with any kind of anxiety or difficulty or discomfort.
1: You think about that, well, shouldn't we be trying to make our children happy and comfortable? Well, of course. So, but she's saying, well, if you're always trying to do that, then then you're sending the wrong message. So what does she mean by that? I think, I think the bottom line is what she means is the ob- object is to help them to grow up. Mm-hmm. Growing up is not an easy task. You have to walk through a lot of difficulties, and you don't avoid them so they can be happy and comfortable. You walk through them so they can learn to be happy and it's comfortable. It's not, not being their best friend. Right, right. And, and, and pals and, and that's a, That's a huge, huge, huge problem is that idea that parents are their kids friends. No you're not. Really you're not. You just aren't. Now it doesn't mean you can't be friendly with them. That's right. And and you know and when I say that so almost haphazardly that no no you're not your kids friends forget about it. You think well, that's cruel. Well I, and and I would say to you ask my kids if we had fun when they were when they were small. Of course they did. And I, we had some of the I and it just just we had laughed so hard and And played so hard together, but ask them if they were got put in their place when they needed to get put in their place. <laughs> it can be done; both can work together that 's the key. and how do you figure that out? see for me it 's going back to the scriptures and getting that scriptural sense of things that helped me the next thing, Jonathan next responsibility of a parent toward their child is to communicate and encourage them towards. Maturity. And we got a great scripture here in 1 Thessalonians 2 10 to 14.
2: You are witnesses, and God also, how pure, upright, and blameless our conduct was toward you believers. As you know, we dealt with each one of you like a father with his chi- there's, child. There's that same illustration again. Urging and encouraging you and pleading that you lead a life worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. We also constantly gave thanks to God for this, that when you received the word of God, That you heard from us, you accepted it not as human word, but as what is really, what is real, God's word, which is also at work in you, believers. For you, brothers and sisters, become imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. For you suffered the same things from your own com. Compatriots. Thank you. Compatriots, as they did from the Jews.
1: So here the apostle, again, is using the illustration at the beginning of the scripture as being a, f- a father with his children. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, urging and encouraging you and pleading that you live a life worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. So there's this sense of, of urging and encouraging and saying, you've got to walk this way. This is the right way. I know it's the right way. Just like Bill Cosby said in that other soundbite, mm-hmm. whatever happened to the parents saying, I know best for you right that's right lead by example exactly. that's exactly what he's doing here right because a child will look at what you do yes far more than they will listen to what you say
3: absolutely
1: and it, it, that really comes into play in so many ways if you threaten a child with some kind of a punishment but then you don't deliver the punishments Ooh. what does the child learn <laughs> the child learns you can say something but not do it right. it's okay oops and not by the same by the same token if you if you uh, offer a child a reward for some kind of specific behavior.
2: But you don't give it to them.
1: What are they learning? Well, then, you know, what you say is meaningless. And you can just sort of do whatever you feel is, is best at the moment. So what we do, our, our responsibility toward our children is deep and it's important and it's very, very, very uh, significant to make sure That we are giving them everything possible so they can become real, true adults.
2: This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, What Rights and Privacy Should Children Have? Is it really fair to make a child follow their parents' moral guidelines? Come on, really? That's next.
0: You're listening to Christian
2: Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning: what rights and privacy should children have? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from
1: 7 to 9. That means we're on right now on our website. ChristianQuestions.net and Jonathan. In the last segment, we were listing off several things that are parents' responsibility toward their children. And during the break, you uh, pointed out that I skipped a few. <laughs> 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 I didn't mean to. <laughs> and, and and you know that that's a great example, though, of parenting. Why having two parents ends up being so important. Oh, it's true, Rick. One will make up for the other one's uh, weaknesses. Right. Uh, they complement each other. And and in raising three children, that was a very important part in our life uh, because my wife. She would see things that I just didn't see, and she and, and you know at the beginning the, you, you, she says something and I'm thinking oh come on you know you know. and then you say wow she's pretty smart yeah, yeah that. Uh, actually that was a good point yeah <laughs> and then after after several years I learned to just never even doubt it anymore and listen right and it made an enormous difference difference especially when the kids got into that adolescent time. But anyway, the, the, the points were that we were supposed to cover <laughs> were to provide for your children to have to give them discipline, to teach them, to nurture them, which I didn't even mention, and then to communicate and encourage toward maturity. So, thanks for that. Let's keep moving on. Should a child be forced to follow their parents moral guidelines. Wow, that's a big question. It is. And as a matter of fact, folks, you got to stick
2: around for the second hour. Oh, Rick, this is unbelievable. The second hour, there is a soundbite from the UN. It's a treaty on the rights of children,
1: and they do weigh in on this particular point: should a child be for, forced to follow their parents' moral guidelines? And you'd be amazed on how many countries signed up to follow the United Nations guidelines. The, 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 this treaty, and we're going to talk about that in the second hour, uh, without getting political, I might add. Right? Okay. So, <laughs> all right. Just a quick quote here before we get started. Here, King Edward the Five, Six, Seven, Eighth. The thing that impresses me the most about America is the way
2: parents obey their children
1: (laughs) that speaks volumes he he died in 1972 so obviously it was spoken before then and so are we supposed to be obeying our children i mean come on what's wrong with this picture let's go to a, a pbs special that was done on the adolescent brain a few years back uh talking about the teenage brain and the connections that are being made within that mind
8: the tuning down phase is perhaps even more interesting because our leading hypothesis for that is the use it or lose it principle. Those cells and connections that are used will survive and flourish. Those cells and connections that are not used will wither and die. So if the team is doing music or sports or academics, those are the cells and connections that will be hardwired. if they're. Um, lying on the couch or playing video games or or MTV. Those are the cells and connections that are going
1: to survive. So cells and connections are developed through the teenage years. Use it or lose it. Right, and that's important because if we are putting upon, should we force our children to follow our moral guidelines? I think the answer is absolutely yes positively because what child knows really what's best for them exactly they don't i may disagree with the un on that but anyway <laughs> proverbs 22:15 <laughs>
2: foolishness is bound in the heart of a child but the rod of correction shall drive it far
1: from him okay so foolishness is bound in the heart of a child why i know he's a child there you go. Uh, Proverbs twenty nine fifteen. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a
2: child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame.
1: So there is a scriptural sense that you need to put upon your children very strict and firm guidelines by which they should live. And if you do that and you put it upon them and you work it, that ends up sticking with them uh, throughout their life because their brain is at that developmental stage. Well, Rick,
2: let's go to the phones. We have Julius from Connecticut. Good morning, Julius, and welcome to Christian Questions.
0: Gentlemen, good morning. Good morning. I, I love the topic. I tell you, it's a troubled world yes. out there. And I think this is one of the basic elements of uh, flaws in our society. I appreciate uh, Bill Cosby, <laughs> I think he's so, uh, his values are very uh, sound. I think, uh, godly, I, I believe. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, uh, I, I agree with him and with you folks that uh, children need models more than they need critics. And number three, Uh remember Eli in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. High priest Eli, God punished him. 1 Samuel, chapters 2 and 3, How God punished Eli. He killed the whole family because Eli failed to uh, discipline his children. And number four... Finally, when I become governor, (laughs) the book of Proverbs will be mandatory reading education globally. (laughs) God bless. Thanks, (laughs)
1: Julius. (laughs) Julius for governor. (laughs) Great point, though. Children need models more than they need critics. Mm -hmm. And if you are modeling for them, it's much easier to be critical of them and with them because you're modeling where they need to be going. Mm. See, this is a, rather than just sort of coming down upon their heads. Yes. So, great, great thoughts in terms of putting it in, in perspective, and it's an amazing amount of work to raise a child. It is. We, you know, we, we think about. Well, before we get to that, you know what? Let's let's go back. Let's have a little bit of fun here. Okay. Let's go back to Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory movie from 1971 and listen to our dear little girl Veruca Salt uh, ragging on her father because she's not finding or his all of his factory is not finding the golden ticket that she so desperately wants
5: they're not even trying they don't want to find it they're jealous
1: of me sweetheart i can't push them no harder Nineteen thousand bars an hour they're
9: shelling 760 they have done so far
1: you promised daddy you promised
6: i'll have it the
3: very first day
9: you're going to be very unpopular around here henry if you don't deliver soon that breaks my heart henrietta I hate to see her unhappy.
1: I won't talk to you ever again. You're a rotten, mean father. You never give me anything I want, and I won't go to school till I have it. Well, there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> I ever tell you what happened when one of my kids decided they didn't want to go to school? No. What? I dragged him out the door. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. Oh my. <laughs> and you know oh, what? Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? She never, ever, ever decided she wasn't going to go to school and (laughs) do that ever again (laughs) but uh, you you see that sense of over the top uh disrespect Mm -hmm. it's all about me and 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 uh, you know he's scared of his daughter it's exactly right he was afraid of his daughter and and the the wife was there oh you're not going to be very popular henry if you don't come through soon and so there's no support there and when you have that kind of a situation it's no wonder you you end up with children that are lost as adults and w- folks, is that what we want to produce—children that are lost as adults? Jonathan, let's not read the next scripture because our time is getting a little bit short here. But Deuteronomy twenty-one, eighteen through twenty-one, is about the law,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and it's about parents who have stubborn and rebellious—a uh, stubborn and rebellious son uh, who doesn't obey his father and mother when they discipline him. Basically, what is the the penalty for that? Death.
2: Death. They, they brought him before the the men of the town, and they stoned the
1: child so you think about that and you say oh my gosh death for being disobedient isn't that harsh for a kid well when you read through the scripture it is really giving you a sense that this is sort of a grown up kid glutton and a drunkard right 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 so you've got somebody who is just way off the wall but in the old testament law there the penalty for absolute disrespect of your parents was death
2: Purge the evil from your
1: midst. So it really makes you stop and think how important respect truly is. So should a child be forced to follow their parents' moral guidelines? Yes, they should. Do all parents have great moral guidelines? No, they, no, don't. they don't. That's just one of the things that you have to, to deal with in the world in which we live. So is it somebody's responsibility to say, okay, your child should follow your moral guidelines, but yours, um, yours are not good enough, so I'm not going to let your child follow yours. I'm going to intercede. I mean, do we have, does anybody have the right to do that? Well,
2: think about it. What about uh, parents getting outside influence like teachers that have
1: different standards than ours? And so, Something ha- we do have to deal with. We do. We do. We absolutely do. But we must give our children a path to walk. And the best way to give them the path is to walk it before them and then to walk it with them. There you go. I like That's that. That's how we need to, to, to do it. Let's go back. Uh, Julius mentioned how he how liked Bill Cosby. We're going to go back to Bill Cosby one more time. Uh, and he is giving us, uh, again, a sense of how to develop your children.
6: Talk to your children. That's a part of parenting. Stop leaving it up to the teacher might do it. Ask your child. Make your child talk to you. This is not a contest called, Do You Love Me, Please? None of you want to stand in front of a judge with your child dressed in orange and say, I'm sorry, Your Honor, I did all I could. No. I want you to talk to your children. I want you to teach your children to love you unconditionally. And if they do that, then it's an even playing field.
1: Now, how do you do that? How do you teach your child to love you unconditionally? I mean, you could threaten them with a beating. Um,
2: that won't do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it does seem kind of counterproductive. Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255. Toll free 866 985 We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now.
2: And the conversation continues next hour online and all through the week. Christian Questions is live Sunday mornings and on demand with tons of topics to talk. Featured audio Archive, CQ rewind, Facebook, and our blog only at christianquestions dot net.
1: and in the next hour we've got a lot of really great material that. I, it's gonna knock your socks off when we talk about this this UN thing that's uh, coming up uh, or that's around that's in, in place in many, many countries, you just you're gonna you gonna sit you won't there believe it when I when I listened to it, I literally my jaw dropped open and I thought, no, this can't be real. And so I looked into it and sure enough, it is as real as as you can imagine. Jonathan, we just got a couple minutes left here, so again, we won't be able to read this next scripture in Hebrews, but this is a great scripture. You want Seeker Rewind, the full edition, sign up for the full edition, because this scripture will be written out in with all of the explanation. Hebrews 12, 5 to 11, is talking about uh, the exhortation to be disciplined of God. And it talks about discipline in three different ways. It talks about... Um, the being rebuked by God, mm-hmm. being scolded, if you will. That's something that, and, and, and that rebuke can come uh, be, through words or even a look. That's true. I, I I don't know if you were the type of child or your son was the type of child where you could just give him a look. No, no, I needed the hand. You needed the hand. On the bottom. <laughs> you
2: did, huh? <laughs> Wake up, son. Yeah, See, I was a slow learner.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> See, one of my daughters, Emily, uh, she was, you gave her a look, and she would just melt, and she'd understand. Uh, my other daughter, in contrast, <laughs> so look, she just had of smile at you like, yeah, you think that's going to work on me? <laughs> but that's the first line of approach, if you will, that Hebrews twelve five 5 through 11 lays out. And the Lord disciplines those he loves. Okay. Now, the discipline is action. Okay? Sometimes you need action. And, and again, I, I, I describe this... It doesn't feel like love, though. No, no. I describe it as, did you clean your room... Uh, yeah it's clean and you look at the room and it's a shambles and mm-hmm. so you what well, the action is you say okay let's go and you grab the child by the hand and you drag them along into the room so now they're going to clean their room yeah it doesn't That's action. feel like love okay <laughs> and sometimes that doesn't even work and so the third level that Hebrews twelve five through 11 describes is the chastisement and that is the the, the, the punishment part mm-hmm. okay the action draws them to what they're supposed to do but the punishment is as a result of them not doing it. And like you said, you were one of those that just needed to be whooped. Yeah. Wake up. <laughs> and did it work? It did. And it's interesting because a lot of people look at the, you know, the idea of, of spanking a child and they say, oh, you know, can't do that. And I, I would say it's something you need to be very careful with. Uh, we didn't spank on a regular basis, but we did when we thought it was necessary. And for me, Jonathan, one of the key rules of spanking was never ever do it when you're angry good point point. and I would literally walk away reason through it decide it was important come back and administer the punishment without the emotion and that helped me to show them the path that they were supposed to take because they hate that's the role of a parent we're supposed to show our children the path folks in the second hour we're going to go much more deeply into the subject so if we're not on in your area, area go to christianquestions.net click the Listen Live button and stay with us for the conversation. If you can't stay with us, we'd love you to leave your comments on Facebook uh, and uh, you can email us at rick at christianquestions.net. What rights and privacy should, a children, should children have? There's lots of rights that they should have and some that they shouldn't. We'll be back again in the next hour with more on that. So for Jonathan and Rick and Christian Questions, we'll be back soon. Think about it.
0: is Christian questions
1: Anatoly Broyard once said there was a time when we expected nothing of our children but obedience as opposed to the present when we expect everything of them but obedience Good morning everyone and welcome back to Christian Questions talk radio with your breakfast with Jonathan and Rick this isn't your typical Christian commentary we love talking with our audience and we promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective. And Jonathan, what is our subject this morning? Well, Rick, our question is, what rights and privacy
2: should children have? And our theme text comes from Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24. He who withholds his rod hates his son, but he who loves him
1: disciplines him diligently and, and Jonathan before we get back into the subject I want to mention something about that proverb scripture because there is another proverb scripture that is very specific about sort it sounds like it's telling you to beat your kids into submission but it's not it, but we're not going to discuss the scripture. But in Seeker Rewind, the full edition, in the bonus material, we have a couple of pages of really looking at how the scripture reads, what the words are, what the words meant back in the day that they were written, and how we should understand it. Good, Fascinating, fascinating learning. You want to sign up for Seeker Rewind, the full edition, uh, for that, because it's going to give you a sense of what the scriptures really, really, really taught. On, on that particular matter. Only at christianquestions.net. And it's free. So, how should a parent teach morals and ethics in a way that the child doesn't feel overwhelmed uh, by the standards that may seem too high? And that that's a real dilemma. It is, it is. Because you don't want to overwhelm your children, but you don't want to underwhelm them either with just watering things down so much that they, they're, they're just uh, not not getting it, they're not getting it, they're not striving for something higher. So that's a tough thing. And, and Jonathan, to, to begin this, uh, I mentioned in the first hour about asking my children to participate in the program. Yes, you did. Okay, here's the email that I sent to my three adult children, I, and this is exactly the email. To my three adult children, I need a favor on short notice. This week's CQ is entitled, What Rights and Privacy Should Children Have? I have two specific questions I would like you to answer so I can reference them on the broadcast. What do you think? First question What do you think are a child's responsibilities toward their parents regarding their upbringing rules and so forth? Second question What do you think a parent's responsibilities are toward their children? regarding upbringing rules and so forth. Try to keep it relatively short. Hit what you might consider to be the high points, the most important things, and so forth. If it helps, focus on a specific age bracket or brackets to narrow down your answer. Please do not collaborate with each other. I would like to hear from each of you independently. Oh, wow. Because my kids talk <laughs> all the time. Uh-huh. Okay, they're all adults. They're all doing their, th- their thing. But to me, I, it's important to get the, the sense from those who have grown up and, and now our, in, in my own life, okay, how have you done? You look <laughs> at your grown-up child, and that gives you a lot of the answer. It sure does. So we're going to get to that very, very shortly. Uh, but before we do, let's get, to, um, let's get back to Veruca Salt, shall we? Oh, from Willy Wonka. One last time. And here, in the middle of this big argument, one of the workers down there that have un, unwrapped 760,000 Willy Wonka chocolate bars. Uh-huh finds a golden ticket so so listen
9: Happiness
1: is what counts for children. Happiness and harmony. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, happiness and harmony is what counts for children. But did you notice, Jonathan, that the moment one of the workers finds the ticket, the child says, I found it! Give me that! Give me it's, that. Mine. it's mine! Yeah. She didn't find it. She didn't lift a finger towards Spoiled. it. Spoiled. And, and see, we end up getting into that situation when we don't guide our children. One, one quick scripture, then we'll go to, the, uh, go to the phones. And this actually is our theme scripture. Let's read it one more time.
2: Those who spare the rod hate their children, but those who
1: love them are diligent to discipline them. So discipline should be a byproduct of our love for our children. That's where our discipline should be. Come from according to scripture.
2: All right. Well, we have Jewel from Connecticut. Good morning, Jewel, and welcome to Christian Questions. Good morning.
5: Um, I've been listening to the program and enjoying it this morning. Thank you. And um, I was thinking of some ways that I thought um, were helpful in teaching our children different—not um, not so much discipline, but teaching them how to be a good Christian and, and in the long run, be a good person. And um some examples were obviously I know you're going to get into reading them scriptures and teaching them lessons and Bible stories, because then they can hopefully relate those to their own lives. And then also um, teaching them respect for other people, I think a great way, and just a little thing, is teaching them not to be late. Because when you're mm-hmm. late, you're not showing respect for the people that you're going to meet. And I always thought that that was an important lesson um, to teach our son. And then one other quick comment, um One thing that um, we did, actually, I'm Jonathan's wife, and so one thing that we did when our son was younger, um, when Jonathan came home from work one day, our son was waiting, he must have been about five, and he was waiting with a little bucket of water and soap, and we had had the lesson during the day on washing one another's feet and what that meant. And so when his dad came home from work, um, our son washed his feet. And then it was something that we had talked about for quite a while later, and hopefully um, teaching him to think of others later on in ways that he can be of service or help to other people. Because when you're thinking of others, you're not thinking of self. Wow. Anyway, I'm enjoying the program, and I'm going to turn my radio back on in a minute. Thank
1: you. <laughs> all right, Jule. <you> thanks <laughs> so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's a great lesson. You know, that, that lesson that Jesus taught of, of serving one another and then to make it practical and make it real and have a child show that they can get it by doing it. What a great way to, to teach that lesson. Jewel, thanks so much. Really appreciate that. That's great. And uh, Jonathan, you say you don't even remember that, huh? Your mind let's, is going, is not, it? Let's not talk about is that. Is your mind going? Is that what you're telling me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jewel, thanks so much. Good thoughts. And you know, the other thing about teaching respect by not being late that's a huge thing as That well. is well because is. If, when you are late, you are not respecting those people that you're, you're, you're dealing with. So, Jewel, thanks, uh, thanks again for that. Let me read part of my son Tim's answer to, to those two questions. Now, Tim is 30 years old, I think. Uh, he's in the Coast Guard uh, and a very, very, very diligent adult. He was a very, very rebellious teenager, but he has turned into a very diligent adult. Tim's answer. The responsibility a child has to his or her parents as far as upbringing and rules is to accept what the parents have set forth and abide by the rules of the household. Obviously, there are unfortunate circumstances where parents don't always have the child's best interest in mind, but just because there are some unfortunate cases doesn't mean all parents are like that, and most do have their children's best interest in mind. As far as privacy, this is interesting. This is from my son, who <laughs> was the rebel. As far as privacy, a child has not earned the right to be able to decide for itself... What they will and will not share with their parents. If children are hiding things and feel their privacy is being invaded, it's probably because they're doing something they shouldn't and could possibly hurt themselves or others. He speaks from experience. (laughs) And then he says about a parent's responsibility... A parent's job is to teach and raise their children to be good, well-rounded people, and that's not an easy task at all. All children are different, and every parent will encounter problems and difficult decisions. By limiting a parent's ability to set up the rules and guidelines for their household and to help raise and protect their children, you're asking for trouble. A parent has a hard enough job, and it is without society telling them that they're invading their child's privacy. It's a parent's decision what their children can and can't do and what they can keep secret and what a parent needs to know. How about that? What well, wisdom? Wow. Well, spoken from the mouth of a of a kid that man, it took every ounce of energy in me to, to keep him <laughs> sort of close to being in line. I'm not gonna say I kept him in line, but I kept him at least recognizing that there was a line. How's that? There you go. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get to the other two as as we go on through the program. Um, but Jonathan, as we as we continue here, uh we, we, you know what? We, we don't have time to go to this next soundbite, so we're going to skip this next one. But it's from the PBS um, uh, subject on the adolescent brain, and it's just basically saying that a child's cognitive flexibility is not fully developed uh, in their teenage years. Okay, it's sort of the CEO of your brain is really not there yet, so your ability to distinguish between doing good things and bad things is very, very, very raw and immature. Gotcha. We need to understand that because remember the proverb said, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. The scriptures didn't, didn't tell you that it was a, the frontal cortex of the brain, <laughs> but that's what they were saying. Yes. That's why you need to guide them. You need to show them. You need to discipline them. So the, to best influence our children, we need to approach them with the highest regard for who they are and what they represent. And I think a lot of that came out in what Jewel was saying. It really did. You know, just having great respect for the child and understanding that they are one of the greatest gifts that we could ever be blessed with. Mm -hmm. So you are given this gift of this child, now raise them, now show them, now guide them. And in that way, when you see them as the gift that they are, we are not going to overwhelm them with some kind of a standard that's just way too high. Let's go to Micah 6 8. I think we've read this scripture every week uh, for the past six weeks. He
2: has told you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice,
1: to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. So those three simple and elegant principles do justice, love kindness, And walk humbly with God. If we take those three simple and elegant principles as a foundation, then we can build on them. And before we get to the next text, folks, if you have a thought, we're talking about how do you teach a child morals without making it so it's like too high a a, a level for them. We'd love to hear what you think, 866-985-4255, eight, six, six, 866 two, five, five, two, uh, six, eight, We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And
2: our website, ChristianQuestions.net. And Rick, uh, you mentioned one of the greatest gifts we could ever be blessed with is a child. Mm-hmm. The question I have is, how many times do you pray and thank God for the children that he has given you?
1: This is a good point, because when you have that prayerful thankfulness and appreciation running through your daily life yes then your treatment of that child is from the standpoint of honor and respect and love and and admiration yes for the gift and wanting to to protect it and make it grow and blossom as best as you possibly could so you're right having that prayerful approach is critically 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 important so again we have those three basics do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. Then we look at 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1.
2: Be imitators of me as I am of Christ.
1: So we put those foundational three elements in place, and then we imitate. Now, see, that's interesting because 1 Corinthians, remember the Apostle Paul is writing to the Corinthians from the standpoint of being their father, their spiritual father. That's right. And what is he saying to them? Imitate me. Yes. Do what I Be- because I'm imitating Christ. exactly, So it takes that humility and applies it. And then we get to 1 Corinthians um, uh, 4, verses 14 through 19. And this is the application of our leadership in our family.
2: I am not writing this to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children.
1: So again, the Apostle Paul to the, to the Corinthian brethren, he's saying, I'm not trying to make you ashamed, but I've got to talk to you about hard things. Indeed, in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. I appeal to you, then be imitators of me. So again, that's that same concept of following me because I'm following Christ and I'm doing this for your best benefit. Then jump down to verse 18.
2: But some of you thinking that I am not coming to you have been arrogant. But I will come to you soon, if the Lord wills, and I will find out... Not the talk of these arrogant people, but their power. And that reminds
1: me of the, the statement, just wait till your father gets home. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes. that's what he's saying. He said, you're talking big when I'm not there. Right. I'm going to see what's behind the talk when I get there. And so he's showing that the, the necessary authority that is required to raise up a child to live by a high standard if you don't apply that necessary authority the child isn't going to go anywhere with the lives and we are going to be responsible for that
2: this is Christian questions I'm Jonathan here with Rick our subject this morning what rights and privacy should children have how much freedom should a child be given does age or maturity have anything to do with it or not that's next
0: You're listening to Christian Questions.
2: Last Monday. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. And our subject this morning, what rights and privacy should children have? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866 985 all We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now on our website, christianquestions.net.
1: And as we develop this, this this subject, it's important, Jonathan, to realize that children are children. They're not yet adults, and they need to be shown how to be adults. Just because somebody is 25 or 30 years old doesn't mean they're an adult. That's true. There's many, many, many times we have children in adult bodies, and what an unfortunate circumstance in our world. Let's go to the phones before we do anything else. All right. Well, we have Melinda from North Carolina. Good morning, Melinda, and welcome to Christian
2: Questions.
4: Hi. Good morning.
2: Good morning. I
4: just want to call and say that I am... Thoroughly enjoying your program this morning, and I had recently read some thoughts from an essay that a mom wrote, and it was titled, I Don't Want to Raise Successful Children. And um, it goes on to say how she doesn't want to raise successful children to the world standards, and she says, my job isn't to push success for my children. My job is, as a parent is to recognize the unique way God created each child." and point them to God at every turn along their journey towards adulthood. And she says, in the end, I don't want to raise successful children because raising God-honoring adults is just so much more rewarding. So I really like those thoughts because um, there's a lot of pressure I feel today raising children in the world. Um, You know, they're having grades in, like, first grade. I remember just getting, like, a smiley face or, like, a check plus, but now they're getting, like, A's and B's and... Um, that can be, I feel like, overwhelming for the parent and child for you know success at an early age. But if you rethink about what your focus is, if you want your children, you know, to be successful in the world's eyes or you know in God's eyes.
1: All right, so you're making yeah. a distinction between the two, then. Yes. All right, Melinda, thanks so much. We appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Take care. So, an online listener in North Carolina, there. Yes. And is uh, interesting perspective that. One of the things we need to look at and focus on is the is the idea of raising godly children.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: More importantly than anything else, you know, you can raise a child to become a math genius if you want to. You can raise them to do all kinds of things. But what Melinda is saying is, raise them to be godly. And let all of those things fall into place afterwards. I like it. Very, very important. Folks, uh, if you have a thought, it's 866 985 Toll free, eight six six nine eight five four all We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now.
2: And we want to hear what you have to say about today's topic. Post your comments on our Facebook page and our blog. Go to ChristianQuestions.net.
1: All right, uh, and folks, if you do want to email us, you can do so at rick, R-I-C-K, at christianquestions.net as well. And don't forget Seeker Rewind, the full edition. There is so much good stuff in there in terms of putting all of the scriptures together and giving you the commentary and the scriptures along with illustrations to make it easy reading and easy listening. Easy listening with Jonathan Rick. (laughs) (laughs) Only at (laughs) ChristianQuestions.net. There you go. And CQ Rewind, the full edition, is a free service. Jonathan, let me touch on my daughter Emily's answer. All right. Now, Emily is an emergency room nurse. Wow. Okay, so she is a very focused individual. I will tell you that. Uh, And uh, here's part of her answer to the questions, what's a child's responsibility to their parents and a parent's responsibility to the children. What is a child's responsibility to their parents? Simply to listen. Obviously, that won't happen all the time, every time, but it's to listen and be respectful of their parents, which is incredibly lost lately. Like I tell aggravated patients who are swearing loudly in the ER when I ask them to stop and they say, uh, and they say, I don't give a blank, (laughs) I, I tell them, you don't have to like what I've asked of you, but you do have to respect it and do it. And uh, actually, I got to get Trish in here on on this because uh, she's her mother. Trish, are you listening? <laughs> um, anyway, let me finish finish her uh, her her comment. Then I just want Trish to make a comment on, on on Emily's comment. On the other hand, a parent's responsibility to their child is, and this is what she wrote: drumroll roll, please. Hold your breath. This is going to surprise you. Be a parent, not a friend. I did not grow up with friends as parents. Why? Because that's not their job. Their job is to put me in my place when I misbehave, act out, etc. Stop trying to make your kids like you all the time. Chances are, if they dislike you 50% of the time as teenagers, you're doing something right. Take this for what it's worth. I don't have kids, but I hope when I do, I'm like my parents. I know my unborn won't be having their cell phones or iPads, etc. in their possession at night. They'll be in mine. <laughs> no private phone calls or TV in their room. You want to talk to a boy or a girl, guess what? It's happening in the living room right where I can hear you. <laughs> That's our daughter, Emily. And Trish, You know, we were talking about Emily's comment, and you had said something about what she said. Yeah, oh. microphone.
7: Hi. <laughs> yeah, it, when she said... Um,
1: In the first paragraph there. Okay. You don't have to like what I say.
7: Yeah, but you have to respect it. Yeah. Um, that was something... That I was really surprised when she said that, because that was something that we said to her, the kids, a lot, um, when they would ask permission to do something, or they didn't want to do something, and uh, we tried to listen to what they what they wanted, but then in the end, if they didn't like it, it's like, well, you might not want to do this or like it, but you still have to respect it and, and do it anyway. And I just find that interesting that as a, an adult, she... Adopted, adopted that same thing
1: <laughs> because you lived it, and those were exactly your words to them over and over and over again. So, thank you, Hun, for uh, sharing that with us. She doesn't like the microphone necessarily, <laughs> <laughs> but um, as we continue, and it's important. And, and Jonathan, again, I'm 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 referring to my own children because we went through the experience of raising them, and now they are completely independent adults. And it's interesting to see their reflection back. And, and her big point is: look, if you're a parent, don't try to be your kid's friend. Be there. Parents, That's big. It is a very, very important part of this. With that in mind, Jonathan, let's go to uh, uh, the, this UN treaty we were talking about. Oh, my. This is amazing. Now, this is from the standpoint. This is from the standpoint of a, of a high school kid. Okay, so there's a, he, he did a YouTube video about this treaty. He lives in Sweden, and Sweden has uh, adopted this particular treaty. So there's a lot of background sounds and pops and gurgles and things, you know, because it's a YouTube video. But listen to what he says and how he promotes this treaty from the U.N., and then we're going to look at it from the other, other side of it, so listen carefully.
8: The Convention on the Rights of the Child is an agreement between countries to act in a certain manner. The Convention has 54 articles and 41 of them each highlight a rule, such as all children have the right to a name, all children have the right to education, and all children have the right to play. The countries which accept these rules are regularly checked up on to make sure that they are not cheating and breaking any rules. Today, 193 countries, including Switzerland, where we live, have accepted the rules of the convention.
1: Okay, so it it sounds very positive, very light, and very happy, doesn't it?
2: Yes. Okay. All kids have the right to have a name, an education, and to play.
1: Right. And it says that, you know, these 193 countries have signed on to this treaty that the UN oversees for them. They're checking up on them. Right. Right. So the UN has the right to check up on them because they've signed on to this treaty. And those are good. Good rights. You know, you'd want to give every child the, the right to a name and to education and to play. Mm-hmm. Okay? So hold that thought, and we're going we're gonna to come back to it, and we're going to l- listen to somebody who sees it a little differently. Yes. Okay? And we'll, we'll find out why. As we go through this, though, Jonathan, we're looking at how much freedom should a child be given, and we've got some specific sound scriptural principles we want to focus on in this segment. First, maturity goes hand-in-hand hand with freedom and privilege. And Hebrews 5, 12-14. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again
2: the basic elements of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is unskilled in the word of righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, for those whose faculties have been trained by
1: practice to distinguish good from evil. So again, it's t- it's contrasting the... Uh, immature with the mature, and with maturity comes freedom. That's what the apostle is saying to the Hebrew Christians. Yes, be yes. mature and you'll find freedom. Be a child and you won't. Mm-hmm. So it's a simple thing. How much freedom should a child be given? And just like you were saying in the first hour, we we're talking about raising your son, you gave a lot more freedom when you saw that the reciprocal was obedience and, and respect, respect and honor and maturity. Yes, so absolutely. It's a, it's a it's a great way to do it. We need to just be focused on making sure we do that uh, correctly with our children. Now, let's go to, this is a uh, an against for the UN treaty, the United Nations Convention on the Rights of Children. And this woman is giving some very important points. This actually came up in Congress in 2009. It was voted down in the United States Congress 61 to 38 okay in the in the Senate but listen to what how she defines what this treaty really is saying
9: the United Nations CRC treaty takes decision-making power away from parents and it gives it to the government so it can enforce the ideological whims of the United Nations this treaty allows the United Nations to decide what is in the best interest of the child overriding all parental concerns this is how it works A committee of 18 experts sitting in Geneva has the authority to issue official interpretations of the treaty, which would be entitled to binding weight in American courts and legislatures. This would effectively transfer ultimate authority for policies in these areas to a foreign committee. This includes health, education, and family life issues like faith and discipline.
1: Wow. That last line is very important. Faith and discipline. Yeah, and we're going to we're going to develop that in the next segment. And but that, that's startling, Jonathan, because you have 193 countries in the world that have adopted this which essentially says that they are giving over their parental rights to be overridden by this UN treaty. Wow. So what does that say about our individual efforts and our individual confidence in our child-rearing abilities? It's pretty non-existent that's sad why because we don't rely on a higher source we don't rely on something that's already there we try to make it up as we go because we're in a world of individuality and that world of individuality inevitably leads to uh, difficulty it inevitably leads to failure look at how many children don't grow up to be adults now versus generations ago
3: unbelievable
1: All right. before we go to the phones Jonathan one last one one more sound scriptural principle we won't read the scripture but it's from 1st Corinthians chapter 3 verses 1 through 4. Again, the Apostle Paul is talking about your children still. I can't treat you like an adult. And the sound scriptural principle is a child is childish and is not capable of functioning as an adult. So don't try. Instead, show them how to grow up. That's a sound scriptural principle and it has everything to do with how much freedom we give or don't give child
2: All right, let's go to the phones. We have Keith from Tennessee. Good morning, Keith, and welcome to Christian Questions.
10: Uh, happy New Year! I'm trying to Jesus, talk you know, and I I will get into proving the existence of God, but anyway, um, the, I was told just to focus on one thing because I had a lot of scriptures I wanted to review, and uh, you know, I wrote, I wrote a book, and I, which includes fifteen cultural changes which are destroying the family. Uh, on America. But um, anyway, with a circular child left like to himself, there are now twelve times as many uh kids as, as there were uh when I when I was a, a kid and um you know um Mofeld before destroyed the family uh and, and um the ancient Republic Republicans doing the same thing since the seventies in America. But also there's a lot more negative reinforcement for kids, you know, there's supposed to violent video games, uh, television, and so on, which we didn't have to deal with uh, when I was a kid. And they don't get prayer and battle reading in the schools, and because uh, so many parents are divorced, they don't have the mother in the home, they don't get the prayer and battle reading at home anymore. So they get a lot more negative reinforcement and less positive reinforcement as far as ethics, you know, Christianity and so on. And, you know, Solomon said, as a man, think it's so he." And um, so what you um, are exposed to, particularly as a child, is very important. Um, anyway, I go into all this in my latest book, which is the title, which is, um a Surely is Christ a raising in the dead, and, and sometimes this is I'm kind of the U.S. government. I Nobody's dying in the U.S.A., but uh, I'm not going to run for office.
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> all right, Keith, thanks so much. We appreciate the points you brought out. God bless. Take care. You too. So it was a little bit hard to understand, but, you know, I'm listening to him and he's talking about, you know, divorce having a very negative effect on children. Yes. Uh, We get a lot more negative reinforcement than positive reinforcement. And he's right. Yeah, and he said, I don't know, it's like twelve times more latchkey kids now than there ever were, you know. Wow. And the other thing is that there are influences that when we were children were not around mm-hmm. that are, are that that permeate kids' lives, and that's you know my daughter Emily with the they're not taking their iPads to in, into their room at night with them. they are going to be my iPad at, at night, right? Because you take those influences away, and we have to monitor and watch and and lock down. The influences that our children get. We do. That should, that's the parents' responsibility. And a lot of times, Jonathan, we don't like that. Well, I don't want to stifle them. Yeah, but you want them to grow up fully, don't you? So you do have to stifle them in order to help them to grow. I mean, it's the concept of pruning a, a vine, you know, if you let the, the grapevine just grow wildly, it'll produce grapes. And you can say, look at those grapes. But if you prune it and care for it, the abundance of the fruit is magnificence. That's the difference.
2: So, Rick, when we act childish, we, by definition, must have the reins of freedom pulled from us as Christians.
1: Yeah, and, and that's right. We need, to, we need to make sure that we, we don't be adult children and another sound scriptural uh, principle along those lines ephesians four eleven to 15 again we don't have time to read it but ch- children have little strength and they need the support of the mature mm, they do and see that's a critical part of this we if you're the adult it is your job to support them it is their job to latch on to you and you teach just like you're teaching a child to walk we all don't mind when a child falls down when they learn when they're learning to walk do right, we? right no because need we, to. we make it happy, we make it exciting. Oops, fell down, get up, and you show them again, and you show them again. And how many, how many parents lose, lose their patience with their ch- child learning to walk? You mean you don't know how to walk yet? What's the matter with you, you little kid? <laughs> get back in your crib. Parents don't Nobody. do that. Yeah. We have to take that same principle and apply it to the growing up process, and that's our last sound scriptural principle. We don't have time for the scripture, but grow up. That's the scripture. Grow <laughs> Up. First Corinthians 14.20 tells us that. And with our children, it is our job to help them to grow up, to just grow
2: up. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject, what rights and privacy should children have? What should happen when a parent and child disagree? Do you draw straws, or do you say, because I said so, or do you give them the boot? What about respect? That's next.
0: you're listening to Christian Questions.
2: Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick and our subject this morning, what rights and privacy should children have? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4 all. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now on our website.
1: ChristianQuestions.net And Jonathan, as we go through this topic, uh, it occurs to me that people will listen to what we're saying and say, boy, are they old-fashioned. And the answer is, yep, <laughs> absolutely, uh, by design. Because some things don't go out of style. Nurturing and guiding and disciplining a child should never be out of style. Sound scriptural principles. And the scriptural principles are there. We just need to adopt them and follow them and you will end up with a much much more uh, um, complete experience in in raising your children. Jonathan, let's go to the phones. All right. Well, we
2: have Randall from Connecticut. Good morning, Randall, and welcome to Christian Questions.
11: Good morning. Happy Sunday, guys. To you, too. We have 2 Kings 2.23. Some small boys came out of the city and jeered at Elijah. Go up, bald head, they shouted. If we don't discipline our children, the world will discipline them for us. 2 Kings 2.24. The prophet turned and cursed them in the name of the Lord. Then two she-bears came out of the woods and tore 42 of the children to pieces. People don't care about how much you know about them if they know how much you care about them. So said Harvey McKay, the business writer about customers. The same applies to children. Care and training of children trumps privacy every time. As Rick said earlier, children will not resent the path we set them on as long as we walk it as well. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, that it may go well with you, and you have a long life on earth.
1: Randall, thanks so much. We appreciate it. God bless you guys. Take care. And he said something very int- very important. If we don't discipline our children, the world will. Yeah. And that is a disturbing thought to me. That could be in prison, too. Right, really. right, right. And, and, and there are so many possible outcomes, which none of which are good. No. Uh, so that's why we need to take the reins uh, ourselves. Jonathan, I want to get to the answer of my, my youngest daughter, Amy, to those two questions I asked all three of my adult children. She is a teacher, uh, and uh, she is the mother of my beloved grandson, Dominic. Uh, anyway, here's, here's her answer. For answer to, is it a child's responsibility, you know, what's a child's, child's responsibility to their parents? It is a child's responsibility to choose responsibility. It is the child's responsibility to their parent to be respectful and adhere to parental rules and guidelines. This is from the rebel, Amy, okay? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. The child makes a choice, as long as they get older, to choose a path, either respect and follow their parents' rules or total disregard for their parents' rules and doing what they want when they want. Some kids might dabble in both pathways. As a child gets older, they can make a choice to prove that they are responsible. If they can prove that they're responsible and respectful, they might see that they are handed more responsibility and trust by their parents. A child needs to be the owner of their own choices. And uh, a lot of what you were saying about your experience raising children comes into play in that, you Mm -hmm. know, growing older. Then in terms of a parental responsibility, she says, with that being said, parents need to lead by example. Whether you like it or not, your children are watching you and learning by your actions. It's a parent's responsibility to look out for their child's best interests no matter what. They need to set guidelines and rules that are in the interest of their child's well-being. Parents need to take ownership of the fact that they are the parent. Their child is the child. They will not always be friends. It's okay. Parents need to be a constant support. In order to be a support, they need to allow their children their own choices. Some children need to experience things on their own and learn the hard way. It's the parent's job to let go when necessary, be stern when needed, and teach their kids how to pick up the pieces when it all falls apart. Parenting is one of the hardest jobs out there, but being a good parent is worth it in the end, no matter how bumpy the road is.
2: Wow, what wisdom.
1: And, and again, wisdom through the experience of growing up yes. and learning because the things that were taught to her stayed with her in, in the end. John, let's go back to the sound bites on the uh, U.N. resolution, the U.N. treaty on the conventions on the Rights of Children. Again, this is done by uh, high school kids, so there's a lot of background sounds in here, but he's explaining, he lives in Sweden, he's explaining with great uh, excitement that Sweden has adopted this particular treaty and what it means.
10: The
8: convention also says that all children should be listened to and be able to say what they think. Freedom of speech is a human right and everybody has the right to say what they think. Not just adults, but children too. And what children think and say is important, so adults should really listen. It is also an important right to be able to think and believe what you want. All children have the right to choose their own religion. There are many religions in our world today, such as Christianity, Judaism, Islam, Buddhism, and many, many more. The convention allows children to believe in what they want.
1: Wow. Mm. And to me, that is a great, great danger because you're handing over responsibility of the raising of your children to somebody else. You, yes, you give a child the, the the ability to believe whatever they want. They are a child; they don't understand. You're supposed to be the one who understands. Colossians three twenty and twenty one says, "Children obey your parents in everything. You're ch- their children." They need to rely on you. Let's go to First Peter 2, 1-5. Uh, through 5.
2: Rid yourselves, therefore, of all malice and of all guile, insincerity, envy, and all slander, like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow unto salvation.
1: So there's this sense of making sure that we are going along, and this is obviously focusing on being adults, but becoming childlike in our desire to follow. Mm-hmm. And that's the key. childlike desire to follow is a wonderful thing. So if you're a parent, take that childlike desire to follow and give them something to follow. In verse 5 it reads, And like living stones, let
2: yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ.
1: So what we want to do is, as the apostle is talking about children in Christ Growing up to be adults in Christ, we take those principles and say our children need to grow up to become worthy adults, Mm -hmm. not just children disguised as adults, or adults disguised as children Or one of those two works, you know know what I mean. (laughs) Anyway, it's a matter of the responsibility, and if we don't uh, assume the full mantle of responsibility of parenthood, we are letting our children down. And we are setting them up for a major fall. And Jonathan, I think that in this world, the way that parenting is done is way off the mark for the most part. And I think as generations go by, you're going to see the results of that. You don't see the results right away. But wait. But wait. It is going to get really, really awful as a result of all of this. Let's go back to this United Nations thing one more time, folks. And the reason I keep coming back to this is because we believe, Parenting is a personal responsibility. It is your job. And the fact that this world organization ha- already has 193 nations signed up to this treaty where you turn your rights for parenting over to 18 people who sit in Geneva, to me is completely absurd. That's scary. And it is a sign of the times, I think, that we're living in. So let's listen to this uh, th- this perspective against the treaty
9: consider the united nations voted the netherlands where the legal age of consent is only 12 years old to be one of the best places to raise children and the united nations also praised the netherlands liberal attitude toward juvenile drug and alcohol use usually if you don't like the laws that your politicians pass you can kick them out at the next election but because this is a foreign treaty once these united nations elitists move in you can't throw them out
1: scary. That is. It's scary. And it's amazing how the Netherlands, and, and you know, I meant to do a little bit of research on the Netherlands. I didn't. It's a very small country uh, with a very small sampling. And there's not, uh, well, anyway, their, their their legal age of consent is 12 years old. Oh, my. And, and, you know, I look at that and say, okay, there's something wrong with this picture. Definitely. But you have this permissive attitude that permeates, saying, let the children develop and let them grow up and let them make their choices. Let them do what they want. And. To a small degree, I agree with that, but a very small degree. Because as they grow up and develop and they make their choices, they need to have guidelines, they need to have rubber walls that they can bounce off of, and there need to be brick walls that they know they can't walk through. They know there's no give on certain things. And that's the parent's job, that's the parent's responsibility. And folks, what rights and privacy children have? I think about this. Obviously, you listen to it, you can tell my blood pressure goes up on this subject.. <laughs> yes. I, I don't think that a ch- child in, if I am raising a child, they don't have a whole lot of rights, except for the fact that they have the right to be loved and cared for by myself and, and, and my wife. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that means that if I think there's something, and, and this happened in our, in our household that that they're, they're getting into they shouldn't be, I have no problem going through their stuff. No problem. Zero, zip, zilch, nada, because I want to protect them. Sometimes you allow them to make decisions knowing they're going to make the wrong one, and you just wait to catch them. And we did that countless times with with, with our kids, knowing we'd talk about it and say, okay, here's where they're going. Let's make sure that it's somewhat of of a, a protected situation, and let's just be ready to catch them so they can learn. That applying what they're thinking is just is not acceptable. And that's what it means to be a parent. None of this nonsense of, oh, the kid knows best. No, they don't. kid doesn't know yet. Their brain is incapable of knowing yet. And they had lack experience. A tremendous amount of lack of experience. So there is a need for authority without, listen to this scripture, because what this scripture is saying, this proverb scripture, without authority, a child is considered neglected.
2: The rod and reproof give wisdom but a mother is disgraced by a neglected child. When the wicked are in authority, transgression increase, but the righteous will look upon their downfall. Discipline your children, and they will give you rest. They will give delight to your heart.
1: So if there's a neglected child, it's a disgrace to the mother. Meaning that you have to pay attention. Let's finish the scripture.
2: Where there is no prophecy, the people cast off restraint. But happy are those who keep the law. By mere words, servants are not disciplined. For though they understand, they will not give heed. Do you see someone who is hasty in speech? There is more hope for
1: a fool than for anyone like that. So again, it's talking to us about the results of not having discipline in place. It is a critical matter for the life of a child that they be shown the way. And for, for each of us, we have to decide how to show them the way. For me, I choose, and I know you, you agree, I choose to do it on a scriptural basis. Yes. To try and not be afraid to put your foot down. Not be afraid to have the authority in your household and not be able to be the lord of your household. And, you know, people look at them, oh, no, you don't want to do that. You know, you're going you're gonna, to you, you're gonna, you're gonna, uh, make them feel afraid. Sometimes, yes. Sometimes, yes. To protect them. For their ultimate good. And by the same token, you need to be able to walk away from them when they are of age and when they're ready to make their own decisions. Uh, this, Jonathan, we'll just read part of this next scripture because we're running out of time. But this next text brings the thought of reigning in one's emotions in the discipline process. So this is from Proverbs 19, 16 through 20. Just read verse 18. Discipline your
2: children while there is hope. Do not set your
1: heart on their destruction. So, in other words, discipline your children while they're still young, while they're still making mistakes, and while it hasn't been so ingrained in them that they can get away with anything. That's when you put yourself in place to make sure you are applying yourself and what you know to be true. And what do we know to be true? Scriptural principles. Mm -hmm. Do justly. Love mercy. Walk humbly with thy God. And if you... Take the do justly and you love mercy, and you say, Okay, I'm running with that, but you don't walk humbly with God, you are missing the ultimate guideline for what is justice and what is mercy. See, that's the thing. We could create our own idea of what is justice and what is mercy in raising our kids, but walking humbly with God takes away the need for creating those things and it puts it back in perspective. One last scripture, Jonathan, about the responsibility of children and parents summed up.
2: Children, obey your parents in everything, for this is your acceptable duty in the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke
1: your children or they may lose heart. Don't provoke your children, but do discipline them. Don't have them lose heart, but do guide them. Don't let them walk the road. Walk the road with them. Show them by what you do. Teach them by what you say. And show them how to think in a godly manner in an ungodly world. Raising children is one of the most critical responsibilities we could ever be given. We're fortunate to have the book, the scriptures, the Bible that gives us the answers as to how to do it. For Jonathan and Rick, it's Christian Questions. We'll be back again next week with another subject, but till then, what rights and privacy should children have? Well, probably not too many. We'll be back next week. Think about it.